Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! <laughs> Pack your bags and get ready for a different kind of Vegas experience with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Welcome to Vegas Never Sleeps, an audio postcard from the fabulous Las Vegas Strip. I'm Stephen Maggi. One thing you can always say about Las Vegas, the experiences are unique and memorable. It can be an incredible headliner on the Strip, an opulent room in one of the many luxury hotels, or a hot streak at the tables with strangers cheering you on as you're set to roll again. Another thing in Vegas that's special is food and wine. The Vegas dining experience can be one that's remembered for years. Today, you'll hear about one of those special nights as we visit Wolfgang Puck's Cup, located just outside of the Palazzo Hotel and Casino. Our show's new segment looks at the Vegas good life, and there's no better illustration of that than a cup. You'll meet today the world-renowned executive chef, Matt Hurley, and cut sommelier, Rob Harpist. And as always, our regulars are here. Last week, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com said that Vegas needs a clue. In other words, they need to stop nickel and diming the customer. This week, Scott says that despite that, Vegas is still a good value. The Wizard of Odds, Mike Shackelford, is back again. This week, Michael continues his look at one of Las Vegas' favorite games, video poker. Finally, Gady Medrano of Flipping Vegas is back with Luxury Living Vegas Style. Today, Gady looks at the variety of options for newcomers to Vegas. A can't-miss, once-in-a-lifetime type meal is available in Las Vegas, particularly in Wolfgang Buck's Cut. It's right off the side of the Palazzo there. And the chef, Matthew Hurley, is fantastic. What you can do with me, is this like a pinnacle when you work with a guy like... Wolfgang Puck, is it kind of like where you're kind of the, the whole career wanted to kind of go where you're with the very best and I'm going to be judged as so? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, for me, my career has been 25 years with Wolfgang. So, I mean, it's somebody you look up to every day and somebody that you have to push yourself to try to live up to those standards. I mean, he's at the market before we are. He's up before we are. He's traveling. He's trying to stay up front of the food trend and culinary. So for us, we have to, as chefs, you have to push yourself every day. Well, and you have all these different types of meats. I mean, incredible. Some are, like, almost impossible to get almost anywhere else. When you're doing that kind of thing, is each one handled a little differently? How does that go? Oh, yeah, they're all handled differently. For us, it was one of those things where we re- remodeled the restaurant a year uh, within the last six months. And for us, after 10 years of being where we thought we were at the top of our game, what could we do better? So for us, we looked at our meat selections and got four different uh, cuts of Japanese beef. We, not, not a lot of people have that in the United States. So for us, it was pushing ourselves to do different dry age, different lengths of dry age, different types of, we have the carrot fed, uh, 100% grass fed, finished on carrots, 100% grass fed. Everything that we could try to do differently, we pushed ourselves to do with the crudo bar, with everything. And it's one of those things, people are going to pay a lot of money, but it's worth it because it's a once-in-a-lifetime type thing. Yeah, I hope so, they think it's worth it. I mean, Well, I had it. It was. <laughs> Let me tell you, I had it. It's incredible. But you also offer a lot of uh, 
everything's great, but there's a lot of things that people don't have to be too scared of. You don't have to buy the $1,500 no. piece of meat. You can get some really an incredible meal here. Yeah, I mean, some of the things, I, I think some of the things we do the best is our chicken. We do the lobster is great. Besides the meat items we do, yeah, the meat, uh, meat's all fantastic, but you go to a small crudo, you can have a shellfish platter, you can have a, just a dozen oysters and sit at the bar and, and be fine. I mean, for us, we try to hit every mark. We do, right now, we're not running a pasta, but we usually run a pasta special, things like that. When, I'm, when, we're, when we're on top of our game, we're on top of our game. Well, you have a lot of really special things. Like, for example, you have this ham from Spain. Mm-hmm. I never tasted anything like that. Are you constantly on the lookout for stuff like that? Definitely. As a chef, you have to be on the lookout for the next best food thing, the next best ingredient, or, and just staying on top of the seasonality of items. That's what, that's what a chef is, is staying on in current of what people are doing around the world. And there's no lack of stress here because just in this building between the Venetian and the Palazzo, you have many competitors. And then around this town, do you think that kind of helps you in a way? Because there's no way you can rest on your laurels around here. Oh, no, you definitely don't rest on your laurels, especially working for Wolfgang Puck. Besides the competition we have in town, he, will, he doesn't let us rest on it. He, I, like I said, I thought we were at the top of our game. When we t- and then Wolfgang said, no, what we're going to do is we're going to remodel and make 100 more seats. And we're going to you, push you to do more and do more. So for me, I don't rest on my laurels. I, I push myself every day. And I know the chef is, of course, very involved with the menu, but you have things on the menu that come and go, and it's, it's a real fluid thing. Yeah. Is that part of the challenge? Is, is it like around, for example, seasonal things? How does that work? Because you're constantly changing things. Um, it's around seasonal, but it's more around, hey, I, I can find the best fluke that comes in on, I can order from Japan today, and it's here on Friday. I'm going to order the best fluke I can buy, find, and I'll, I'll make, give it to my chefs and say, let's make something, or what are we going to do with this ingredient when it gets here? And it put, we push ourselves every day to try to, to try to stay involved. Matt, is it important to you where you work with the psalm, you work with the pastry chef and so forth? Because that's all a part of it. As great as you, what you can serve as the entree, you don't want to lose people, right? It with has something. to start from the beginning and go all the way to the end. It has to start with the hostesses taking your reservation to my managers meeting you outside to say hello or as, as far as to the last thing you take when you leave, the service, the servers, the bussers, the people dropping your food. It has to be exactly, it has to be live up to this certain level. And I, and I think we meet that level. And no question you do. And I was fortunate enough to take a tour of the uh, kitchen and so forth. And... It's a well-oiled machine. People are getting along. There's no yelling. It's spotless clean. Is that like a wolf-bang puck thing, too, in a way that it's part of running this business? Yeah, definitely part of running the business. It's definitely something I learned from Wolfgang Puck over the years. But I wouldn't want and I wouldn't expect anybody to be treated not like family when they work for me or work for this company. I mean, they treated me like family when I came 25 years ago, and I still treat these guys like they're part of my family. It's their restaurant. It's the, I want them to come in here and own it just like I do and be, to be part of it. The servers should be part of it. If they tell me, hey, I can't function without because I don't have enough glassware, guess what? I have to get them more glassware so they can do their job and they can be happy about it. And it looks like that translates too to the customers because I saw a lot of happy faces around here. Right. And... You don't say no to people, right? I mean, if you can do it. A Wolfgang would never let us say no to a guest. If somebody wants a salmon pizza, I try to figure out how I can do it. If I can, I try to figure it out. If we know, hey, the salmon pizza is the best thing they've ever had, and it says that in their notes, I'll try to get one from Spago and make sure it's here ready to go for them if I have to. 
More with Executive Chef Matt Hurley at Wolfgang Puck's Cut in just a few moments. Time now for your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com. Last week, Scott looked at some of the issues that have slowed down growth on the Strip. This week, Scott reminds us that despite some of these mistakes, Vegas still gives you bang for your vacation buck. I hear this all the time. When you're online, as much as I am, you hear every complaint imaginable and you can tell right away. It's like a beautiful focus group. They tell you exactly why. Last year, they came to Vegas six times. This year, they're gonna come two times. They can spell it out for you. They, they are finding that the place nearby is just as good, it's cheaper, they go to another city, just as fun, blah, blah, blah. Gambling used to, Vegas used to have a monopoly on gambling. It just doesn't anymore. So you're, you're right, there is a point where, they may not stop coming to Vegas, because Vegas is a blast. But they're not doing it 10 times. They're doing it two times. Or they're doing it once. Or they're skipping a year. That's what's changed. And that demand is showing, that lack of demand. It's not, it's not a, uh, uh, a crash and burn situation, but it's a slow erosion of the affinity for the destination overall. And I still try to stay focused on the positive because Vegas is still awesome at any price. But there's a core of people who are not conventioneers because conventioneers are still coming. They're, these are your typical leisure gamblers. They are on a vacation. They just want to have a few beers, and they don't want two beers to cost $40. That they, They're just not going to put up with that. So I tell everybody about the value because I think the value is still there. You just have to know where to look. I say look on blogs. I say listen to podcasts and go on Twitter to find those deals. Uh, you just got to work a little bit harder to find them. Scott will be back again next week. Don't forget to check out VitalVegas.com every day. Nobody covers the Vegas news and rumors the way Scott Robin does. I was talking to your Vegas insider, Scott Robin of VitalVegas.com, the other day about what people are telling him they want for a trip to Las Vegas. And he said they're looking for a, basically a good deal like they used to get back in the day in the 20th century and so forth. But you can actually find that now. The Orleans Hotel. Yep, they got a great casino, wonderful restaurants, everything from upscale stuff to the buffet to fast food. Everything you want. The prices are great. There's lower resort fees and free parking. Why don't you check it out? It's at orleanscasino.com. That's orleanscasino.com. More with executive chef Matt Hurley at Wolfgang Puck's Cut in just a few moments. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, coast to coast on the Biz Talk Radio Network. Welcome back to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You are listening to Matt Hurley, executive chef at Wolfgang Puck's Cup. That's incredible, and it makes people feel comfortable. If they're going to come, you know, this is an experience, and it's, it's for a lot of people, this may be the most expensive meal they have in a year. You wanted to make sure that, like, well, yeah. it was worth it. Oh, definitely. I want to make sure that we live up to every expectation. And if we don't meet the mark, how can we do it next time better? If we're learning from the mistake or a, or a guest review or something, that's what we need to do. We need to learn from that and, how, and make it better. What about the guy that comes in, because there's stakes all around here, 
So I want this well done. <laughs> I make it well done, and I don't grip my teeth, and I, that's the way my wife eats her steaks, and I, I do it every time. So for me, it's they're paying for it. I want them, and I can't, I'm not going to tell them no. I'm not going to say I won't do that, because that's, if that's how they like it, then that's how they're going to get it. Okay, one more thing. People are coming here I mean, for the first time. They want to try it out. What would you kind of recommend, like two or three recommendations that like, if you want to just try something for, for, for starters here, start with this and then the next time you can try something else. I mean, for us, our, some of our signatures, our Louis cocktail is great. I mean, our bone marrow flan, if they want to experience something a little different, but still down to earth. Or, and then for steaks, I, I mean, for us, I, th- I feel like our dry aged New York is one of the best steaks. That's my favorite. Um, but you can go, like I said, the chicken is something that we do unbelievably. And then down to our desserts where it's the banana cream pie. We serve a big cookie board so you, they can choose some different cookies. And we like to mix the cookie board up and make it fun. There's animal cookies on there. There's different things on there that's fun. Yeah, it was really nice. And it was kind of like the perfect finish. It wasn't over the top. It was like, oh, this is a great way to end yeah. this meal. That's what we like about it. <laughs> and, uh, well, and one, one other thing. You mentioned all that great food, and it was we, we tried a lot of it. it was wonderful. The pork belly, because a lot of places now are in the pork belly. Yours is different, and it's the best I ever had. I, I awesome. couldn't believe it. That's one of the dishes that we've evolved over the years, but it's something that tr- pretty much stays on our menu all the time. We just change it seasonally to the garnish, the, se- the fruit compote that's on there, and, and we evolve it. And, and every, every time it gets a little better, but that's something that I feel like we do really well. Great. Well, Chef, thank you. It's a worthwhile experience for everybody. We really enjoyed talking with you. Thank you very much. When you come to great restaurants in Las Vegas, you expect great wine lists, and the cut with Wolfgang Puck is no exception. And we have the sommelier, the man responsible for that wine list. Uh, We just had a great experience here last night. Wanted to talk to, to him, Rob Harpist. First question, Rob, when you come into a place like this, obviously standards have got to be kind of high because it's all part of the experience, and certainly the Somme provides some of that. Absolutely. The uh, sort of the level that we hold ourselves to is, uh, is definitely a, a cut above, no pun intended. Um, we, uh, with the glassware, uh, with the, the decanters, with the, the service itself, um, we actually decant in the old traditional way with the candle uh so and i tell you 90 percent of the people who come in here always look at you and go what's the candle for why are you heating the wine it's like it's not heating the wine it's about the light but uh you know it sort of has that feel of being in an old cellar in in france somehow but yet here you are in this modern vibrant steakhouse so uh it's a it's a challenge and and uh, i can't take complete credit for the wine list i i have been with Wolfgang for a long time, but absorbed this program uh, back in January. So uh, already getting my mark on it as, as we go. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun program, and there's a lot. And the expectations for what brands you have, uh, what older vintages you have, um, all of that is there. And, and, you know, the clientele runs from, from everywhere, you know, to people drinking $75 bottles of roasted a Montalcino up to people drinking, you know, $4,000 bottles of Lafitte. So, yeah. Well, yeah, and it's one of those things where... We talked about it a little last night. You're here to make people comfortable, not to scare them off, right? Because you get the, the look sometimes where I say, oh, my God, he's going to try to sell me some vintage wine for a couple grand that I just don't care about. It's interesting. I did a, a short four months at Spago, and, uh, and I felt 
like I got a lot more of that at Spago. Uh, maybe um, people's expectations because of um, Spago being at Caesars and it was more of a, a casual kind of restaurant. Uh, I think there was a, a touch more of that. But here at Cut, it's it's amazing because people really want your help. They they open up that wine list and you know they've got thirty pages of of everything and four pages of Cabernet and you know we don't we don't go towards the brands that people know. Uh, we don't we don't carry Camus's or, or Silver Oaks or Jordan or the stuff that you could find at uh, at a Morton's or a Ruth Chris uh, where they, that's kind of their bread and butter. We we tend to go for more of the boutique wines that, um, that a lot of people don't know. So it's it's cool that, that people actually do want your advice. Uh, there is some of that where where people are, are you know in Las Vegas and they're afraid that everybody in Las Vegas is going to try and make you spend more. But uh, honestly, my, my assistant Damien and I we we try to take that first 15 seconds at every table and make sure people understand that, you know, we are a part of your service. We're here to guide you and we're here to try and uh, enhance that experience with the wine. Yeah, and this, it really is about the experience, right? I mean, that's part of the reason of not getting the brands that you are come accustomed to at the typical steakhouse. But that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to have to spend a bundle. You, there isn't a loan department here. So you, you'll work with anybody's budget, won't you? Absolutely. In fact, I find that Damien and I actually get more excited about the, the brands that, um, or the, the smaller wineries. I get, I get giddy about finding a, a wine that I can charge $100 for that, um, you know, that nobody knows. For example, uh, there's a Slovenian wine that uh, I don't even put on the wine list. It's, it's 110 bucks. Drinks like aged Pomerol and... Uh, you know, it's it's one that I kind of keep in my back pocket for um, actually a lot of times for trade, like people that we know who from other restaurants who uh, who come over, and they're like, you know, what do you got? That's really cool. And we got, oh, we got this Slovenian wine. You know, who's got a Slovenian wine section? Not, not us even because <laughs> it's it's off the list. But um, yeah, it's it, those kinds of things that you know. I don't know that the under 150 is like the expectations are much lower. You know, once you start spending $500 and $750, it's like the expectation is there. And if that wine doesn't deliver, you know, then we look kind of you know, not so good. But um, but yeah, it's uh, it's funny. The um, those those are the fun ones. I mean, the the just because the expectations, I guess, are a little bit lower. Are you a guy that if somebody comes semi regularly and you get to know him? Do you kind of like once in a while go, I think I got something for you that you might really like, or I put something aside here you might be interested in? Absolutely. That's part of the fun of it is is really developing those relationships. And uh, I used to work at a a real small restaurant back in Los Angeles called Jar, where it it was truly a neighborhood restaurant. And um, and every time... every Friday like the deliveries would come in and the, you know our, our folks would come in and, I, and I'd be like you won't believe what I just got today just came in I mean literally I haven't even unboxed it yet you, you want to try it and um, you know that there was a lot of that uh, it's a little less here we do have some regulars but it is definitely more of a transient clientele so there's less of it we keep some of those things off the list I mean we have some older Cornas that we tuck away we've got some uh, different vintages older vintages of, of some um, some Italian wines that we have um, tucked away and, and we have a actually a little running list of uh, things that are sort of in the in the you know the way station where we can uh, pull those out. But um, yeah, it's uh, and I'm still learning a lot of the people who are are coming in here regularly with six months under my belt. It, it's um, still there's still a lot of name learning. It's funny I've always had that thing where I might forget your name, but I know exactly what you drank last time you were in down to the vintage. More with the sommelier at Wolfgang Puck's Cut, Rob Harpist, in just a moment. When you visit Las Vegas, you're always looking for fun things to do. And I think one thing you got to put on your list is the Neon Museum. It's fantastic. What a way to learn the history of Las Vegas, but by the signs that go back all the way to the 1930s. 
The lobby, in fact, is a restored shell from the old La Concha Motel. It's a lot of fun. The staff there is incredible. Really unique Las Vegas experience, so you can learn the history and have a blast. Go to neonmuseum.org. That's neonmuseum.org. You are listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi nationwide on the BizTalk Radio Network. Hi, I'm Michelle Johnson, and you're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. Today's show is brought to you in part by the Orleans Hotel and Casino, the best deal in Vegas. We talk about dining a lot on the show, and they have dining at incredible prices, great rooms too. Call for reservations or make them online at orleanscasino.com. You are listening to Rob Harpist, sommelier of Wolfgang Puck's Cut, one of the world's great steakhouses. Do you ever get people that bring in some stuff and then I'll even share it with you? Like, this is really unique, you know, because this is a special night when you're going to eat here. Have they asked you your advice or even kind of shown you some of those type of things? Yeah, the we actually see a fair amount of wines come in, um, sometimes more than uh, than our, our beverage director would like. But um, but yeah, there there is some interesting stuff that comes in here, uh, including older vintages. Um, so uh, actually, somebody we we don't normally allow more than uh, two bottle. Um, Two bottles to come in, but somebody brought in a six liter of Mouton Rothschild, uh, 2006, and I, I, I made an exception for that. Uh, so we popped it, and um, they were happy to share it. And, and you know, it had been a while since I've had the 06, and certainly not a six liter, which doesn't. It's a unicorn; it barely exists. You can't even find it online. So um, yeah, there, there have been some really cool things that have popped in. Actually, back at Hotel Bel Air, uh, which Wolfgang's other uh, Los Angeles property. Um, Everybody there had such a deep cellar, and they always brought stuff in. So um, some of the people who actually are visiting us from there uh, occasionally will bring bottles with and, and pop some of those open. Well, a steakhouse, you're thinking reds, but that's kind of the old school. So do you work with people on that? I mean, I know a lot of this is a matter of people's taste. It's not the end of the world if somebody orders a white wine, even though they're having red meat. What do you do with that? You, you try to people, make people feel comfortable that there's no proper etiquette when it comes to picking your wine? Well, the first thing we do uh, is... <laughs> We walk back into the wine room and shake our heads and lament what's happening. <laughs> but, but I mean, like, we, it's, it's true. There is no more judgment about what you drink with what you eat. It's, it's, uh, it's just the nature of the, the way everybody, I guess, was trained that now you just drink what you like. So, uh, I mean, there are certain things that one of my pet peeves is when people are drinking like heavy red Zinfandel with oysters. And there are certain things to me that just, are, just make me cry a little bit. But, um, but we, we have so many cool whites, too, and, and our whites never get any attention, so we are always excited if somebody's going to drink champagne or, or break out a cool little white wine. I mean, there's a, we have an Assyrtico from Australia, which is, you know, it's a Greek grape that somebody's making, you know, in Clara Valley, which is super cool. Um, and in fact, a lot of those types of things, I feel like Damien and I always look at each other like, you want to buy some of that for us? Yeah, yeah, totally. I want, I want a couple bottles of that for the house. But, uh, I mean, a, there's a Pinot Gouge from Oregon, which, I mean, is a grape that only exists in two places in the world. It's in Burgundy, and there's one acre in Oregon, and we've got bottles of that, which um, is awesome. So when we have those people that we can um, encourage to start with white, you know, that's where we kind of try to shine with those things. I know Psalms, wine is their life, so let's face it. So when you travel and stuff, are you kind of looking for ideas, different things that you haven't seen? See, do you like go sometimes when you go to a different restaurant and see how that guy particularly handles certain issues? That yeah, we're always looking around. I'd say, I mean, and especially going to uh, to other regions. Um, 
going into uh, into gosh Tuscany. I mean, there's so much that's amazing that you don't ever see that never gets out of the country. And, and truthfully, that's the sad part of it is uh, is that a lot of that stuff may not get imported. And you're looking there, going, how do we get this stuff back to the states? I want to sell it. But uh, yeah, it's uh, looking at other people's wine lists. I, I find that we do often do that if we uh, go check out. Oh, for, for, for gosh, Ferraro's, for example, uh, has got an amazing wine list, and they do like a 50% off uh, after a certain time, like 11 o'clock, I think it is. And we can go over there and find things that cost less than what we paid for them over here, you know, and, and usually some more interesting items. Um, one of the servers was actually uh, raving about a Emilio Pepe um, uh, Pecorino over there that they had that was cost nothing. They, the servers are actually very funny. They're very into wine, too, um, thankfully, uh, very professional, and they, uh, they've actually got a, several of them a running list of all the things that we want to go buy at Ferraro's next time they go. So, uh, but yeah, no, we're, we're always uh, kind of looking and seeing. And uh, I had the luxury of working for Southern Wine Spirits um, for a couple of years and uh, for the JMP uh, division, which is the fine wine section. And uh, Southern's got back practically 80% of everything in this town. So um, having that, that knowledge and having had that experience to know what's even important here. In Vegas, Vegas is a, it's an interesting market in that we... Um, we're kind of the billboard of the United States. You know, a lot of wineries want to be here because of the advertisement value and not necessarily for the volume. But, um, you know, a lot of things aren't imported. Uh, people in California, like some of those really, really boutique wine wineries don't even care about coming to Vegas. They don't have enough wine to bother. So, uh, so yeah, we're keeping those eyes out and trying to, you know, keep track of who's making it into town, who's coming, who's leaving, um, all of that. You know, you can, you can always put a thermometer in that by looking at somebody else's wine list. You are listening to Rob Harpus, sommelier at Wolfgang Puck's Cut and keeper of one of the biggest and most impressive wine lists in the world. And I know how important a psalm is to a restaurant, so do you spend some time with the wait staff and so forth, always trying to share stuff with them and new ideas? Because obviously there's going to be some questions they get that isn't, aren't going to get to you. Absolutely. We, uh, we do run a pretty healthy education program. Uh, we try as much as possible uh, to taste wines every day. We'll pull something out of the cellar, you know, we'll ask Southern for a, for a sample or something and, uh, and keep them going. So we haven't quite got there yet. We've been working on some other things uh, kind of in the interim, but uh, essentially what I plan to do with them in the near future is, is take them on a regional uh, look at the world. You know, looking at Pinot Noir in California up to Oregon and then, you know, moving into Burgundy and, and uh, it's kind of a, a spin on a version of an educational program that I did back at Hotel Bel Air, which worked great. Everybody was super interested. And by the end of each section, they could blind taste uh, a Pinot Noir and, and tell me exactly where it was from. Uh, one of my best blind tasters actually didn't drink. He... he uh, in fact, he's in a movie now, surprisingly, I just saw. Uh, but anyway, he's a super talented kid. He'd just listen to everybody else talk, hear what they said, uh, know kind of what their palate was like, and he could nail a wine better than anybody. Do you do some of that with customers that are really into wine where you take, a, like, example, Pinots. You take a couple of Pinots, one from Oregon, one from California, and kind of let them taste both at the same time, you know, and really determine what are the differences. Because there's subtle differences. It's a matter of your own taste. Absolutely. We we uh, we very much try to diversify the wine by the glass program, and uh, with this new invention called the Repour uh, that a good friend Will Costello uh, started, uh, we can actually open wines and uh, and sort of pour these things out without fear of uh, of losing them or you know them going bad over a couple of days because that thing will hold up a wine for six months. I mean, I've tested it up. Literally, I uh, I had one. I had a bottle with about maybe a glass out of it under Repour. I think it was about six months, and then I opened up a fresh bottle of that exact same wine, same vintage, and, uh, and did a side-by-side. And, I mean, it, the, the difference was maybe that it tasted like it had been open for an hour. So uh, it was, it was a, it's very cool. So it's a very cool tool to have, I mean, especially, and that with Corvin as well. Um, we can pour these things and let these people taste these things. And um, 
that's, I came from a teaching background. I mean, I went to school for uh, English education, you know, I taught 10th grade. So doing this sort of stuff with people and, and letting them play in the same sandbox that we play in, uh, that's, that's one of the best parts of the job, you know, and teaching the servers, teaching the, the guests. And, um, you know, every once in a while, maybe getting a little seminar going. But uh, yeah, having fun with a guest and, and opening their eyes to new things, that's, that's one of the best parts. Well, and you must have fun with people, not only with wines, but suggesting what foods are best for that wine, because there's nothing like popping a couple and, and take a drink at the same time and get that taste and said, well, really, wine is like a condiment. It's true. That's a, an old friend of mine actually said that once upon a time, and it always stuck with me that wine was a condiment on the table. Um, we have a book back in uh, in the wine room that I keep here uh, just for um, for a tool. Uh, it's called What to Drink with What You Eat, and this is a really amazing book that just cross-references food against wine. And... Uh, and I mean, if we do a pairing menu, we did one not too long ago, uh, about eight courses uh, where we were pairing wines, and, and uh, we, we'll always go back and look at that just to kind of get some ideas and, and different spins on what people think uh, might work. But, um, yeah, the uh, showing these people, uh, I don't know, we've always been told to do that, I guess, in restaurants where if someone is drinking, uh, say, a Cabernet with uh, with something from the raw bar, we... Uh, We'll go grab a glass of you know Sauvignon Blanc or Puyfumé or something and bring it out and, and say, hey, you know, you know, we just want you to try this. I had a, I had a couple here the other night who um, got a bottle of Dariush Cab and and they were it's very it's very typical for people to just start with that wine and just take that wine through the whole meal. But I happened to have a bottle of Ashes and Diamonds Sauvignon Blanc open, which uh, is Dariush's son's wine. He actually broke off and did his own winery and uh, doing very old world style wines and and uh, so I came out and I poured them uh, about a half a glass each and, and I was like now you have the father and the son on the same table <laughs> and they loved it they were like oh this is so cool like dad and, and his baby and uh, they, had, they had such a blast a great time but those are the great experiences you know more with Rob Harpus sommelier at Wolfgang Puck's Cut in just a few moments time now for Michael Shackelford Michael is a statistician an actuary and an expert in gaming odds and probabilities and he's also known as the wizard of odds Today, more on video poker. Okay, well, let me take the video poker a little further because it's kind of interesting. I, I get what you're saying because pay lines are not the same in these games. But are you looking at um, these games like double-double, triple-double, and that kind of thing, or just the basic uh, game? And then are, pr some people have told me that progressives are things to stay away from. So just kind of a basic thing. What do you look at there? There is a really good website called vpfree2.com, and that lists every major casino in the country and in Canada and breaks it down where, what are the best video poker games. For example, at the MGM Grand, they, they might, I believe the best game there is 9-6 jacks or better, with a theoretical return of 99.54%. So you can go look at any casino, it'll tell you the best games and what denominations you can expect to find them in. Then, once you decide where you're going to play, then you've got to learn how to play that game. And that's where my website has tons of strategies for video poker. If you don't see a hand-rolled strategy for a game, I have a video poker strategy maker where you can put in any game, any pay table, and it will generate a strategy for that game. The Wizard will be back again next week. More with the sommelier at Wolfgang Puck's Cut, Rob Harpist, in just a moment. You're listening to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Manchi, coast to coast on the BizTalk Radio Network. Now, let's return to Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi. 
You are listening to the sommelier at Wolfgang Puck's Cut, Rob Harpist. I find that people like to different things. You know, ask them what their favorite wine is. Somebody will tell you that the reason I like this particular one is because the taste just lingered for a while. Whereas other people will say, no, I don't want any of that, you know. I just want the big hit, you know, flavor-wise, and then move on. Mm-hmm. It's funny you say that because there was a server back in L.A. that uh, his, his mark for a great wine was when it just stops. And I was like, really? You're telling me, like, you know, the, the, the core of a great wine is, is a long finish. But, uh, but yeah, he's, he's like, no, I like it when it just ends. Um, and, yeah, it's true. And so we, we do mark those things. We, I'd say I think that we probably would pass on a wine that maybe didn't have a, a super long finish in general just from that standpoint. But, uh, but I, mean, I don't think a, a long finish would have really offend anybody. You know, they, maybe they won't go buy it at the store. But, uh, but yeah, it's... It's definitely one of those things that we look at, and, and, and the training program that we're, we're running right now, in fact, talks about those things. We, uh, I made up a weird little acronym called Phobeats, uh, how to describe wine in, in four beats. And uh, it's just fruit, oak, um, body, acidity, tannin, uh, earth, sh- sugar. And, uh, and so just getting them to think about those things. And uh, I don't know, maybe we need to throw a finish in there. <laughs> okay, absolutely. Last question. Let's say I've got about uh, five to eight good, important business partners, you know, and I, this is going to be important. I know they all like wines, and I want, I say a show, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I want, you know, think. is it comfortable? Are you comfortable if people call you up ahead of time and go, look, here's what I've got coming in, here's what we're looking at, and kind of set those things up so when they come in, it's all ready to go and uh, they can match the food accordingly? Absolutely. I think that that is, um, that's a luxury that we don't always get. Uh, we, we reprint this wine list twice a week. And we're always running out of things. Right now, there's five things on the 8A6 board. Two of them were from last night. So it's just constantly in motion. So having the ability to, to grab a wine and, and keep it on hold for them and, uh, and take it off the books um, is amazing. And knowing that situation that we're coming to, is like we, we love styling people out. I mean, we love doing that whole show. And uh, we'll reserve the better decanters, uh, the better glassware, um, the, the super fancy glassware. And... Uh, and do that. A buddy of mine who, um, who I was neighbors with uh, was a, a VP for Sony, and he he uh, would always come and bring his his Sony people to the Bel Air because he knew that I would put on the show and, and make this big pomp and circumstance. Um, unfortunately, a lot of people don't do that. They don't really think about the ability to to call up and say, "Hey, you know, I'm, I'm, what do you got in Opus? What Boulder vintages you got in Opus?" Um, so. Uh, we, we certainly encourage anybody to do that. Uh, more often, what we get are people who uh, want to buy a bottle for their bachelorette party, or like somebody, you know, their friend's bachelorette party, and uh, and we get those cotton pre-orders. Or people who want to buy a round of shots. I mean, it's Vegas. <laughs> there's no there's no escaping that it's Vegas. But uh, but yeah, it's it's we just don't see it enough. Well, and you, you talked about the wine list. I have to ask you before we go. It's so big. I mean, it's one of the largest ones I've seen. I mean, there's a steakhouse I remember in Tampa Bay that I saw that was... Burns. Burns, yeah. Uh, it was yeah. just gigantic. But, I mean, is part of the idea with this experience here, you don't want to miss a trick. Is that the, kind of the reason it's such a big list? We sort of want to pay homage to everything that we possibly can. And our... Uh... Our beverage, our you know, the beverage director for all of Wolfgang Puck, uh, he's, he's my, my boss, if you will, um, He's got an obsession for Nebbiolo. I mean, he, he can't he can't say no to Nebbiolo. So if there are any wine reps out there and you, you want to make a sale, call call about Nebbiolo to Tim. Um, 
but otherwise, I mean, I, I actually four pages of Cabernet doesn't seem that much really anymore, and especially not when you have a, a vertical of Opus One and a vertical of you know Bond. That's that's probably a full page right there, maybe even a little bit more. So uh, the list, as you when you start really playing with it and and start looking through it, it's it's not that big. You. You kind of have to, I guess you have to think of it a little bit like Cheesecake Factory. You kind of have to know into it. You go into it knowing what you're after. You know, I want to drink a Tempranillo tonight or I want to drink a, a, a Pinot Noir tonight. And uh, so having those, uh, a lot, all those wines, really it just diversifies our ability to kind of traverse um, looking for what people want. I mean, uh, when I got here, the, uh, the Pinot Noirs were all just blended into one page. Uh, first thing I did was separate that out because drinking an Oregon Pinot is an entirely different experience than drinking Russian River Pinot. And so when I start referencing Oregon, it's like I need it to be in one one place, which actually broke the Pinot Noir page out into two pages. So you know, one more page to print. <laughs> but but it's uh, it's important. I mean, I, I, that, having that diversity and, and uh, having all those little those little toys to play with that's um, it's a big part of the job, and it's what makes us look like rock stars. You know, hopefully. I hope people come by and say hi to you when they visit this great restaurant. They'll have a great experience, and they'll leave here, I think, knowing a little bit more about wine that'll help them from this point on. And we all enjoy wine, and if you got a passion for it, this is a place to kind of up your game a little bit. It's true. It's true. We we encourage uh, heavy drinking. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's it's all in good fun. It's all in tasting, and you know we we encourage someone to come in and just try a few wines by the glass, the same as you know trying a bottle of wine. So as whatever it is it you're looking for it we've got it so uh we, we just uh we just want to be able to drive you towards it at cut there are a lot of options for the visitor same is true for the vegas home buyer time now for luxury living vegas style with gady madrano of flipping vegas seen on the diy network today gady looks at the variety of vegas neighborhoods available to the new home buyer you, you mentioned before and i want to pick up on it about the neighborhood because the neighborhoods are so important so when you look there, obviously you talk about schools, but what are the other things, especially if somebody was moving to Las Vegas, what, do you, what questions do you want to ask them if they don't know the community? Well, a lot of people, it depends what their employment is. For example, um, access to the freeway, things like that will matter to a lot of people as opposed to taking road streets and stuff like that in different parts of the valley. Also, of course, the schools and, you know, where they, if they have children and things like that, and also... We're lucky. We're so spoiled in Vegas. The proximity to plazas and grocery stores and just things that make your life so easy. Here in Vegas, we're so spoiled. It's so wonderful. We were talking about before to camp with a client that's from California and was mentioning about the traffic just to go to the grocery store. So they need to really plan that. And it takes 20 minutes and then to go and come back. But here, I mean, you go three mile radius in any direction. You can find yourself a plaza. So it's wonderful. But sometimes that's in certain, in certain pockets, that's not the case. So things like that, just things that make your life easier. And also the appreciation rate. You can actually quantify it as to certain areas in terms of desirability and appreciation. So if something um, that interests you about like equity and, and things like that, in conjunction with quality of living, an appreciation map will help you, like a property appreciation map and things like that. You can reach Gady at her website, gatyrealestate.com. Next week, we will continue our October introduction to the good life in Las Vegas with another in-depth look at one of the very best restaurants in Vegas, this time off the Strip. You'll visit Mordeo Boutique Wine Bar, where you'll find incredible wines at unbelievable prices, along with wonderful food, reminding you of some of the famed tapa bars in Spain. We hope you're enjoying our new segment, The Vegas Good Life, which is also available as a podcast on our website, VegasNeverSleeps.com. Thanks for listening. Please follow us on all social media platforms, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. 
Have a great weekend. This is Stephen Maggi reminding you, Vegas never sleeps. Las Vegas, here we go!